0: it would be helpful for us tonight just to take some time and really open what does the words say and to really focus on those words of scripture that will say anything more profound and better than anything that, that could come from the lips of any person. But what I would like to do, firstly I want to encourage you to read the Easter narrative in these days to come. In Matthew we find this in chapters 21 to 28 where we start with the triumphant entry of Jesus to Jerusalem in Matthew 21. We move to see him cleanse the temple. We see multiple teachings and prophecies, the Last Supper, his betrayal, his trial, his crucifixion and ultimately Jesus' resurrection and ascension to heaven. There is something so important about reading that scripture at this time, so please, I would encourage you to do that. And I just want to spend a few moments picking three things out from, I guess, the pinnacle verses in this, but not just one of the pinnacle verses of Matthew, but actually one of the most pinnacle moments of history, of all of scripture, of everything that the entire Bible is pointing towards the death of our Lord Jesus so I would just like to pull three things from Matthew 27 verses 45 to 51 none of this will be new for us but I think it is helpful for us to hammer home these important and crucial truths they are firstly in verse 46 the words of Jesus these words my God my God why have you forsaken me you know there is deep mystery within these words these are words that we cannot fathom we cannot fathom the anguish that was upon Christ we cannot fathom the pain that he knew we cannot fathom the fear and the responsibility of the burden that Christ carried to Calvary we cannot fathom the pressure that was upon his shoulders And that pain was so unbearable for our Lord Jesus that it took him to cry, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The sin and the shame upon Christ's shoulders was so great that it caused the son to feel as if the father had forsaken him. This is the immensity of the burden of sin. This is the pressure that was on the soul of our Lord Jesus. He is literally our substitute. He literally died in our place. He literally took our sin and our shame. Not metaphorically, but He is physically our substitute. And at this horrendous moment, the lord took all of our iniquity all of our sin all of our shame it was laid upon him and he took that burden to the point of death do you know let that expression sink into our hearts and never be forgotten my god my god why have you forsaken me There is no stronger proof of the sinfulness of sin or of the gruesome nature of Christ's suffering than this cry of my God, my God. Because this is how awful it was. The reflection upon that, this cry of Christ should cause us and stir us to hate sin. It should encourage us to trust in Christ with all of our beings, with everything that we are. But the cross of Christ must drive us as believers to hate our sin and to live lives that are committed and dedicated to living lives that do not turn to sin, but turn from sin. Secondly, we have the description of our Saviour's death in verse 50. And Jesus cried again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. There has never been a last breath that is as important as this one. There has never been an event that more depended on in all of human history than the last breath of our Lord Jesus. Do you know the soldiers and the crowd that were gathered around the cross saw nothing remarkable here. They saw a man die a death of sinners with the usual agony and the pain that came with crucifixion. But that death paid the mighty debt which us as sinners owe to God and that death threw open the door to all who may believe to eternal life that death the death of our Lord Jesus satisfied the righteous claims of God's holy law It enabled God to be the the just but also the justifier of the ungodly. Without that sacrifice paid, we cannot have a God who is both just and the justifier. But because of Christ, because of our triune God and his sovereign outworking in this world, this death wasn't just an example of self-sacrifice, but it was complete atonement and it was complete sacrifice for all of mankind. And this last breath, as Christ cried out and yielded up his spirit, affects everything for mankind. Christ's death solved the biggest problem. How could the perfectly holy God be perfectly merciful? It opens to us as mankind a fountain of hope amongst our sin and our unrighteousness and our uncleanliness. The cross is complete victory over sin. It proves the sinfulness of sin and the sacrifice that is needed to pay that price. Our sin is so abhorrent to God that it took his son to die in our place. It took the unblemished lamb, the perfect sacrifice, to die for us to be justified. We must hate our sin and we must love God. The third thing we read in verse 51, the miracle in the temple. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The curtains containing the holy of holies, the holiest place where God dwelt. And you know, we read this bizarre story, the high priest, Caiaphas, in Matthew 26, condemning our Lord Jesus, the high priest of the temple, the one who could enter into the Holy of Holies. How hard must his heart have been that even to witness the curtain torn in two, that it would not fill him with anguish. The beauty of our Lord's sacrifice is that those sacrifices and those rituals of the Jewish people are no longer needed because the work is complete. Their purpose was fulfilled. Now there is no earthly high priest. There is no mercy seat. There is no sprinkling of the blood of a sacrifice. There is no offering up of incense. There is no day of atonement because the one true high priest has come. The true Lamb of God has been slain and the mercy seat of God has been revealed the spirit convicts us of our sin causes us to repent and we must look to that cross of Christ and our sinfulness must hurt us because we must recognize that it is our sinfulness that made the Lord Jesus hang on that cross without that realization we go on sinning far too easily And I guess tonight we offer this opportunity again to come first for conviction before we come for forgiveness to the cross. To recognise how far short of God's glory we fall and all that we can do to turn from our ways and turn to God. I read this quote last year that I want to reread for you because as I looked at my notes from last year of Good Friday it was so poignant and it comes from a 17th century author a lecturer Ralph Venning in his book The Sinfulness of Sin he writes these words that are so apt he says though Christ's sufferings are abundantly made known they are yet but little known eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it nor can it enter into the heart of man to conceive what Christ was suffering. Who has known the power of God's wrath? Christ knew it, for he underwent it. I've loved the quote that's been shared on, on Facebook this week. Though our churches are empty, so is the grave. The beauty of Good Friday is we know that Sunday is coming. And the beauty of the gospel is that when we know that pain, when we know that conviction from the Spirit, when we acknowledge our downfall, in an instant it is gone. It is taken away by the Saviour that died the most barbaric death because he paid the price in full. Let us look as believers today at the crucifixion of Christ with hearts that are full of praise. Let us praise God for the confidence that he gives us because this is grace and this is our pardon. Our sins may be many and they may be great, but the payment was made by the great literal substitute that far outweighs any of our sins. Let us praise God for the cross shows us the heart of the Father. That he loves us so much he did not even spare his son, but he delivered him up for all who believe. The reality of the cross is that our saviour was put to death to do something that we could not do. This is how much God loves you. This is how much God loves us, that he would send his one and only son into this world so that we may know true freedom, so that we may know what it is to know no sin because he has paid it all, all to him I owe. Jesus paid it all.